seven weeks of the regular season. We have a few regular teams at the top of the standings here. We got the the Cowboys, the Packers, uh, Tampa Bay, uh, Arizona Cardinals are still seven and zero. But um, it's officially panic time for the Chiefs. They start out to three and four record now with a loss to the Tennessee Titans. Um, other than that, the Bengals knocked off the Ravens in a big divisional game, and uh, it was another fun week. A lot of good t- fantasy takeaways, some good NFL action. Although we did see quite a bit of blowouts, so um, you may have uh, you know kind of checked out in the second half of some of these games. So we are here to catch you on everything you missed from a fantasy perspective. Uh, this week, I am joined by Ryan Cruz of our Sit Start team. Um, he uh, he's been writing articles for us for years. Uh, focuses on sit start, but we had him watch a couple games this week uh, to chip in for the What We Saw podcast. So, um, Ryan, I am uh, happy to be joined by you. How's your week been? And um, how'd you like that Packers game? Uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's been a good week. Can't complain. Um, yeah, weather's been great here in Florida. It's finally starting to cool down. So happy about it. Uh, Packers game was great. You want to jump right into the Packers game? Or are we going to talk about some uh, winners and losers first? Yeah, let's save the Packers for a little bit. But um, <laughs> we've had a lot of Bears fans on the podcast this year, so uh, it's good to get maybe the other side of the division on here. So we'll spread it around a bit with Ryan. Um, but yeah, let's start out with the winners and losers. Uh, that's always the biggest takeaway from the weekend. Um, I'm going to start with the homer pick here, but uh, my winner for the week is Jamar Chase for the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, he put up 35 PPR points, was the wide receiver two for the week. Uh, but really the biggest thing here was 200 yards against the Ravens with Marlon Humphreys covering him quite a bit. So a uh, really impressive performance. He's starting to get the wide receiver one treatment on their team, and he's still coming through against tough competition here. So uh, I think, you know, there's a little, you know, I, we were all buying in on Jamar Chase. There was a little thought maybe he's living off big plays here. Uh, is this going to continue? But uh, he just blew up this week. And if he can perform like that against the Ravens, uh, you should be very happy to have him on your fantasy rosters right now. So um, that is my winner of the week. Ryan, your winner is the receiver that finished ahead of Jamar Chase this week. Yeah, uh, Cooper Cup absolutely went off today. Uh, just more of the same from Cooper Cup, really. Uh, I mean, 10 total targets, only two in the second half, surprisingly. So really, I mean, he got most of it done in the first half. But I mean, he just really blew up with a 59, huge 59-yard catch at the end of the third quarter. And that's just when it really just went off for him today. Uh, but yeah. He's still looking like he is the absolute favorite stud target for Matthew Stafford, and I don't see that changing anytime soon. Cooper Cup has been absolutely electric the past couple of weeks, well, pretty much all year, and I don't see it stopping anytime soon. No, I mean, back-to-back 30-plus point games. He's got 10 or more targets every game this year, so... Uh, yeah, Cooper Cup, wide receiver one, I would say at this point, it's, it's pretty wild, but uh, he's proven it every week. So um, I'm going to get to my loser here. That is Mike Davis running back for the Atlanta Falcons. He's kind of hung around, you know, the running back position's tough. Uh, if you can get a few catches and a touchdown most weeks, um, you can tend to start these guys as RB2 or flex, but uh, Mike Davis really bottomed out this week. Uh, he was surpassed by Corderell Patterson and snaps uh, 46 to 38. Uh, but Mike Davis, zero targets, four carries, just a miserable day overall. Uh, he got, yeah, I believe a fantasy point this week. So um, I, I think this is probably the performance against a bad Dolphins defense so far um, that the Falcons kind of could play how they wanted to. This is a performance that can kind of finally put Mike Davis on your bench. So if you've been sticking with them, I know this was a tough week with all the buys, but uh, this was probably the last time you want to play him. I, I'd say it's time to park Mike Davis on your bench. So not exactly People a shot. really – People What's were that? really hoping for that RB2 finish out of him, especially with the bipocalypse this week. But yeah, it's just that's unfortunate. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, just, just no passing game volume. Uh, Cordell Patterson's passed him up. So yeah, it was a mess. Um, move on from him, maybe stash him on your ba- bench, but I think he's more of a handcuff at this point almost because Patterson's really taken over. So um, yeah. What do you think? Uh, who's your loser this week, Ryan? Uh, my loser this week is got to be Aaron Jones. People were expecting at probably, I mean, a solid RB one finish this week, especially like the Af- uh, like I said, the aforementioned by apocalypse, um, he still just could not get it done. Uh, really, he, he only had, I believe, six carries this entire game, which is bad, bad, bad. I mean, the last time that he he only got one less carry in Week One against the Saints in the in their in that blowout game. Uh, the Packers were ahead for most of this game, so one would assume that would mean more work for Jones. But really, the Washington line. No, defensive line really came up and really brought the pressure of this game. Uh, plus, I believe uh, they had a lot of guys in their secondary that were very inexperienced. The secondary is completely decimated. So they really just the Packers decided to attack through the air this week, and it just didn't happen for Aaron Jones. He's uh, still getting some targets in the air, which is encouraging. But it's uh, he's going to have to get it done with those air targets for the most part. Uh, I believe he only ended up with uh, 8.9 fantasy points uh, <laughs> with the how much we put uh, the stock into him, his ADP this year, people putting up top five picks for Aaron Jones. Um, it's not like you're going to have to be able to put him on your bench anytime soon. It's just something you're going to have to contend with. Uh, the week before, week six, he put up his second highest fantasy point total of the season. So it's yeah. just going to be some weeks where he's hot and some weeks where he's cold. Yeah, and we've definitely seen this in the past from Aaron Jones. Uh, he can be very boom bust. His booms are huge, though, for sure. So we'll talk more about Jones in the breakdown of the Packers game. But uh, yeah, definitely a down week for Jones. And uh, I'm sure it probably cost you a, a win this week if you had him on your roster. Oh, um, let's get in. Yeah, yeah. Let's get into injuries here. Um, nothing super major, although we do need to see some more details on these injuries. But um, Josh Jacobs was out with a chest injury just before halftime. Uh, he's been really coming into his own, actually even getting some work in the passing game. So that was a disappointment. Um, Kenyon Drake and Jalen Richard split the work. Um, Peyton Barber was a healthy and active. So I wouldn't be surprised if Jacobs is out. We see Peyton Barber shuffle back in here. But um, what do you think, Ryan? Like, are you going out and adding these these backup running backs in Las Vegas or, um, you know, maybe outside of just maybe a spot start here or there. Do you think this is just Josh Jacobs or kind of bust here? Yeah, I think it's a kind of a Josh Jacobs or bust situation. Kenyon Drake might be able to fill in for you, but if Jalen Richard is splitting the work with him, I don't see too much value there in the first place. I mean, at the most, you might probably expect some flex production out of Kenyon Drake, but I would say that's probably the most you can hope that the best you could hope for. Yeah, and Drake, I mean, he got 14 carries today, three targets, uh, 26 snaps. Jacobs had 24 in his time, and Jalen Richard 16. So, uh, yeah, I, I just – it'll be I – th- I think Peyton Barber is the, the wrinkle in all this, and we'll have to see if he's active. I mean, they don't have Gruden there anymore, so maybe Gruden feels differently – or the new coach feels differently about this backfield than Gruden did. So, we'll see. Mm-hmm. I, I think I agree. Drake is probably the only one we're looking at here. So, um, if he's not rostered, keep an eye on it. Check out our, our uh, Waiver Wire podcast on Monday night. Um, next injury. This is an interesting one as well. Miles Sanders left with an ankle injury. Again, not much word on the severity of it. 
Uh, Kenny, Kenneth Gainwell had an early touchdown. Um, and Boston Scott kind of appeared for the first time in a while uh, to fill in for Miles Sanders. So Boston Scott and uh, Kenneth Gainwell split the backfield here. Um, I don't know. I think there are going to be a lot of people that see this as a chance for Kenneth Gainwell to really take over this backfield and break out. Um, I kind of suspect that he's still going to be a complimentary piece to this backfield, even if Sanders is out. I just, I don't know if he's going to be an every down back going forward because they do like Boston Scott. Uh, do you see this differently? Are you running out to get Gainwell everywhere he's available? I, I guess we probably have to do that regardless, but uh, what's the ceiling here with Gainwell? Yeah, Gainwell could be an interesting pickup. Uh, my concern is how much you how much usage he was seeing before this week. I mean, even still, I mean, after the after the Sanders injury, he still ended up with like five carries, but he can get it done through the air. He saw four, he had four receptions. So really, it's just a matter of I, I do believe he is probably going to be a pretty pretty solid uh, waiver wire pickup this week, or at least in a lot of waiver wire articles uh, <laughs> about how much people sh- should be willing to spend on fab because uh, from what I saw, the injury did not seem very good for Sanders. If I'm not mistaken, yeah. he was uh, carted out there and he yeah. seemed pretty uh, upset. So mm-hmm. definitely something to keep an eye on mainly just because it could be a, a pretty long-term pickup Gainwell could have some value for, for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Boston Scott used to be the passing game back, but if you look at this game, I mean, 34 snaps for Gainwell, 23 for Boston Scott. Uh, Miles Sanders only saw 12, but uh, seven targets for Gainwell, only one for Boston Scott. Uh, Scott actually saw the most carries with seven, so I'll be interested to see. I, we do want Gainwell to get the passing game work, I would say, because this team has not been very good at running the ball outside of Jalen Hurts on the ground. So, yeah, Gainwell's a good add. Boston Scott, he'll probably have some use uh, deeper leagues but it didn't look like they're using them in that passing game back. And I, I think that caps his upside. So keep an eye on oh, yeah, the Miles. Definitely. Yeah. Keep an eye on the Miles Sanders news. Um, Cause that could be a severe one. We'll have to, we'll have to keep an eye out. Uh, not much to really comment on this one. Just Malcolm Brown left with a quad injury that would help free some things up in the Dolphins backfield. Uh, Miles Gaskin and Salvin Ahmed carried the load after he left. Um, John New Smith left with a shoulder injury. They were starting to feature him a little bit in this game. And then Hunter Henry, or then Johnny Smith got hurt and Hunter Henry, obviously that opens things up for him. So keep an eye on Johnny Smith's injury, because I do think if there's only one tight end there in new England, they get a lot more mm-hmm. interesting. So um, any Very thoughts on either of these and on, yeah, on either the Patriots or the Dolphins here? Yeah. I mean, it definitely uh, increases uh, Henry's stock for sure. If, if indeed uh, he's going to miss some time, uh, but I believe Hunter Henry even scored another touchdown today. Anyway, wasn't he had another sort of mediocre fantasy? I mean, I guess for a tight end, it's pretty good. He had ten point three fantasy points. We had uh, his fourth touchdown in four weeks, which is pretty impressive. So yeah, it, I've, the consistency is there. Uh, but he is kind of getting it done on some very hyper efficient play. I mean, the past uh, two weeks he only has two catches each game. So yep. we'll see if that amounts to more work. Yeah, man. Johnny Smith only saw 17 snaps, 60 for Henry, uh, but only four targets. So, yeah, he's living off touchdowns right now. Um, yeah. Patrick Mahomes left after a big hit. He somehow passed the concussion tests, even though he was helped off the field by his linemen. Uh, but they did hold him out of the game. Uh, just, you know, the game was already kind of out of hand against the Titans. Uh, you know, not much to say there other than we need Patrick's. Patrick Mahomes around hopefully he's back this week but um, they do claim that he passed the concussion test early on so um, one injury that could be more severe Zach Wilson for the Jets he left with a potential PCL injury 
Um, in the second quarter, he's going to get an MRI. I, I mean, I think this Jets offense is just about to stay away anyway. I'm not sure this is a huge difference maker here, Ryan, going forward. But, I mean, at least, you know, the possibility of Wilson getting this together and showing off his ceiling, um, that would be removed because the backup situation is not good in, in New York here. Yeah, not too many fantasy implications with the Zach Wilson injury, but uh, hopefully, hope he is uh, okay and healthy and gets better. I heard, I, I believe, I heard some quote that he said it felt loose, and that's mm-hmm. never good for some someone's <laughs> knee. So, uh, all the best to him. Hopefully, he feels better. But yeah, not too much fantasy implications there in the first place. Yep. And then the final one I have, Deami Brown left with a knee injury. Um, he was just an exciting rookie, more of a dynasty uh, outlook there. But um, he did leave this game, so we'll see how serious that is. So, uh, all right, I'm going to go through some snap counts here, uh, just some notable ones I noticed from the week. Things are starting to settle in for most of these teams. We kind of understand how they're dividing up the work. So I'm trying to find, uh, you know, maybe players returning from injury or new situations here to highlight. Um, I did want to start with Russell Gage. I think he's someone I've been watching on waivers in most leagues as he's returned from injury. Uh, His first game back, 40 snaps, 33 routes run, six targets. Uh, He was the clear third receiver behind Calvin Ridley and Kyle Pitts. So it was encouraging for Russell Gage. We saw some PPR value value from him last year. He's not going to be an exciting, uh, you know, league winner or anything, but I think he can be a useful flex option. So this Falcons team kind of seems to be getting their legs under him. Um, I do think Russell Gage, if you're desperate and you have a bench spot, I, I think he's worth an add. Um, or do you have any interest in Russell Gage or is this offense just too mediocre for you? Yeah, that's that's my main concern. I mean, the first thing that comes to my mind is can can Matt Ryan sustain that many receivers? And we've seen in the past when the offense was more high powered, but really they have just kind of slowed down this year and not been quite as impressive. But I mean, four catches, 67 yards and a touchdown is not bad at all for Gage. So if we can, I mean, if if he can make that sort of production consistently, then Mm -hmm. yeah, he's definitely worth a pickup for sure. Yeah. And I I would have had Kyle Pitts as my winner this week, honestly, but I used him last week, so I didn't. But uh, eight uh, targets, seven for 163 for Pitts. Uh, He looked like you know, he looks like Julio Jones out there at times. Like he's just a freak. So uh, Gage was really the only receiver used behind uh, Pitts and Ridley. So he, he's going to see some usage, but they're still going to get the balls of the running back a lot. And I, I agree. His upside's just not much, but I do think he can get you, you know, eight to 12 PPR points and be useful in some ways. So um, Pitts on, on uh, national tight end day just absolutely blew up. Huh? <laughs> I, was he the highest scoring tight end uh, for the week? So far? Uh, let me pull that up. I was just looking at that earlier. Um, he was awfully close. Um, he, I mean, this is two straight weeks now. And last week without Calvin Ridley, it was kind of understandable. That 20 Ridley plus point for performances at least two weeks yep. in a row, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's actually second to CJ Uzoma, which his, his work ah. was not quite as sustainable. So yeah, just a oh, couple, yeah. Uh, about a point behind Uzoma tight end two for the week. So yeah, mm. Pitts is looking great. Um, all right. Uh, I'm on Ross St. Brown. I just figured, I think a lot of people had to start him this week with Bipocalypse here. Um, he gave you a pretty much a, a goose egg here, um, zero targets, but he was on the field, 43 snaps and 30 routes run. So I think a lot of times uh, people wonder what happened there. Uh, he was out there. He was running routes, uh, second to Khalif Raymond in usage there. He just didn't get thrown the ball. So I think that's going to happen at times with this uh, Lions offense, especially gets a, a tough defense uh, in Los Angeles. So um, as far as running backs here, um, Damian Williams returned from the COVID list from last week uh, for the Bears against a tough Tampa Bay run defense and uh, Khalil Herbert, the rookie, still saw the work. He had 51 snaps to Damian Williams, 11. 
Um, he even ran 22 routes to, um, you know, and had five targets. Damian Williams had just one target. And then Herbert gets 18 carries to Williams' three. So I don't That's know impressive. if this was just – yeah, I don't know if this was just Williams coming back, you know, getting back into shape off the illness or not. But um, Herbert, he looked like a good running back. He ran really hard against that Bucks defense. So I, I, I'm really impressed with Herbert going forward. I think if you picked him up, you've got something here. Um, I know Montgomery's coming back soon, but um, I don't know. Did you like what you saw here out of this running game as well? Yeah, I agree. I mean, it, I, it might just be uh, Herbert's backfield to lose at this point. It really might be. Yeah, and maybe he factors in with Montgomery and Williams takes a backseat, so we'll see. I I haven't seen a lot of updates on Montgomery, but he is coming back eventually. So yeah. uh, I wouldn't then, say Damian Williams needed to be eased in all that much quite. I mean, did he really? You know, I mean, he had yeah. plenty. He had 16 carries as recently as week five. Most people would just say he had fresh legs because he took the week off against Green Bay. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, that yeah, they must like what they see out of Herbert here. Cause, I think uh, so. He surpassed the veteran pretty quickly. Um, okay. And Tampa Bay with Antonio Brown out. I just think it's interesting to see who the number three receiver is here because it's such a good passing game in Tampa Bay. So Antonio Brown out with injury. Uh, Tyler Johnson was pretty clearly the number three receiver. He only saw two targets, but he was out there a lot. Um, and then the tight ends filling in behind Rob Gronkowski with him hurt. Uh, Cameron Bray, 20 snaps, 26 routes, or 30 snaps, 26 routes run. Um, and OJ Howard, he only runs 12 routes. So um, he saw plenty of usage, but he just wasn't involved a lot in the passing game. He was overthrown uh, for what could have been a touchdown, one of Brady's few mistakes here. But uh, yeah, it's I don't think Howard's quite there for a reliable uh, tight end streamer while Gronk is out. Uh, but this this passing game in Tampa Bay is so explosive that you, know, you want to keep an eye on all these players. So uh, maybe more of a dynasty look at Tyler Johnson, but um, he is useful here. So um, and then on the Eagles, now that Zach Ertz is gone, uh, Dallas Goddard, um, he had the most snaps among all Eagles skill position players and second most routes run behind Devontae Smith. Uh, he only had four targets, Dallas Goddard did, but I think it was an encouraging sign overall. I mean, he still had a decent yardage total, uh, and he's he's going to be featured a lot now that Zach Ertz is out of town. So any any thoughts on these uh, kind of fill-in players here or, or Dallas Goddard um, with Ertz away? Yeah, Goddard, uh, I think is, I mean, should be a fantastic tight end one for the majority of the season. Honestly, I mean, there shouldn't be, he should be essentially matchup proof at this point. And um, I'm sure we'll talk a bit more about that. I'm pretty sure you covered the Cardinals game, but Earth is looking uh, mighty darn good himself as well. Goddard, didn't, uh, he didn't have too crazy of a day today, if I'm not mistaken, but he still had a, like 70 yards, I believe. So yep. he's getting, yep, he's yeah. getting it done. He's getting it three, done. Three for 70. That gets you uh, like tight end, uh, I don't know, about tight end 10 for the day. So it's still still starting yeah. tight end worthy. <laughs> yeah, perfectly acceptable if you're if for if you're a fantasy manager. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, we are going to get into the games that Ryan and I watched. I uh, will each focus on two here, maybe do a few quick hitters there at the end. But just a reminder, um, go to QBList.com. Check out our What We Saw article. We've got somebody writing up every single game, going into much more detail than we are going to here. Um, we're, we're not going to talk about all the games, so please, if you if you missed anything, you want to know how one of your players did, uh, check out the article. Uh, hopefully, we caught you up on most of the news, though, up top, but there's a lot of good stuff there. So uh, join us in our fantasy football on Reddit as well. Um, we have a great discussion every week. So please check out the website and see all the good work that we're doing. Uh, but we're going to kick this off with Ryan's game here. Um, he watched the Washington football team travel to Green Bay. Uh, they lost uh, 10 to 24 to the Packers. Uh, so Ryan's probably overall happy with this performance. What do you think about the Packers here? Um, are, are they 
I don't know. I, I guess you, you talked a lot about Aaron Jones there. Um, we'll need to get into that. But is this still the juggernaut of an offense that, uh, you know, we always expect with the Packers? Um, yes and no. I mean, they're getting it done week in and week out. That's true with six wins in a row now. But uh, and and yeah, they are scoring consistently. It was uh, roughly a, a, a touchdown in each quarter. Uh, but sometimes it feels as though this offense is playing down to their opponent. And then I think this Thursday against Arizona will be a good test because they're going to have to play up to their opponent this week. And they're going to have to put up a heck of a lot more points, I believe, than 24 to mm-hmm. to win against Arizona. So we'll see. But uh, yeah, the, they are getting it done. I, I think the defense could be uh, potentially the bigger concern, the bigger question. Uh, but it, And they are qu- possibly a little bit... Uh, Losing a missing a little bit of that explosive energy, that explosive play, uh, without uh, uh, Valdez Scantling because mm-hmm. uh, he's pretty much the or definitely the fastest receiver in Green Bay and he's pretty much their only deep threat. So it could be one of the reasons why they have a, a bit less explosiveness. Rogers hasn't been too accurate on his deep balls either this year, so we'll see if they can turn that around. But the offense is still scoring and they're still winning, so that's the only stat that counts. They say so. We'll see. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, let's get into the passing game here. I mean, Devonte Adams, you know, only seven targets, but still six for seventy-six and a touchdown. Not not a whole lot to talk about there. Um, we yeah, see Robert Tunyon. Yeah, yeah, Devonte does his thing every week. Um, mm-hmm. I see Robert Tunyon. He finally has a game. I, I think probably most people have dropped him by now. Five targets, four catches, sixty-three yards and a touchdown. Uh, anything to see there from a fantasy perspective? Any of these secondary targets be, behind Adams starting to you know make some plays, or uh, we kind of passing on all these guys still? Yeah, that's the thing about Tunyon, and that's why he found so much success. Um, I believe he is, you mentioned he's been dropped. Uh, I believe this week he was started about 35%, and he's still rostered in about 60% of leagues. So yeah, he was dropped plenty. Uh, The thing about Tunyon, and the thing that worried a lot of uh, uh, fantasy writers, including myself this season, was uh, the fact that he was so hyper-efficient last year. He played so efficiently. I mean, oftentimes a tight end will rely on getting touchdowns to perform and put up impressive fantasy performances. But Tunyon was doing that on three catches, three or four catches a game. And that's something that's just not sustainable. And that's something that we've seen. That's why he's sort of regressed towards the mean this season. Again, today was a perfect example. I mean, he got 16 fantasy points, yes, but it was on four catches, one of those catches being a touchdown, and he happened to put up 63 points. He's still a big target. Rodgers loves his big targets, especially in the end zone. So, But again, either every time you start Tunyon, you're going to be praying for a touchdown. Absolutely. Um, Alan Lazard, five for 16, a touchdown. Anything to see here? I mean, I know he's on the field a lot. Um, They like him as a a run blocker, I believe. He's a good team player. But um, I think, you know, if you're on the field that much, you're going to have these weeks from time to time. Is this the start of a trend or do you think Lazard's just still kind of what he is? No, yeah, I completely agree. I mean, especially with, without Valdez Scantling out there, it could be one of the reasons why Lazard finds himself 
sort of carving out a bigger role than he has had, especially just over the past week or two. I believe it was sort of similar story last year as well. He kind of like got off to a slow start and then the Packers eventually utilized him more and more. Like you said, yeah, the snaps are there. He's a big body and he's actually a pretty darn good blocker as well. So they like to keep him out there and uh, use him for all sorts of purposes, even if he doesn't have the ball coming his way. So like you said, he'll be out there on the field. So he's bound to have uh, games like this uh, on the last drive of the first half. He had multiple catches in, in, including the touchdown reception he had today. So yeah, he's it, there's just spurts where they just, it seems like he's the only receiver out there. And then there's other times that he can just be completely invisible for an entire half. So we'll just have to wait and see, but I do think he may be worth the bench stash, especially in deeper leagues. Honestly, uh, if he's going to keep getting lucky, getting targets, he could, he could see his value tick up a bit as the season progresses. Okay. Yep. And it looks like Rogers relatively spread the, the targets around this one, uh, a lot of four five, three targets from different players. So uh, maybe just, you know, wasn't focused on Adams as much this week, spread it around a little bit. Um, what else did you see from this Packers offense, whether it was the passing game or the running game that you, you want to point out to everyone who missed the game? Yeah, I mean, as as far as passing and running goes, they the Packer. I believe Washington had uh, three guys that were incredibly inexperienced um, uh, in the secondary this week. So Packers came out. I think they were fully expecting to have to just throw the heck out of the football. Uh, did not rec- so there's plenty for Rodgers to do. Ended up with 24.6 fantasy points, three touchdowns, 274, 75 yards, I believe. So he's still getting the job done. He he's perfectly fine, I believe. I mean that's multiple 20 20 plus point game row of Rodgers, so he's cooking. Uh, but unfortunately, that meant somebody had to suffer, and that was Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones was definitely, he's still targeted. He's still part of this uh, passing game, but it was mostly screen passes, short stuff today. Nothing too crazy. Um, Not to mention there was a fumble by Dylan uh, kind of slowing them, slowing down the run game after the Dylan fumble, the Packers pretty much just abandoned the run game. They're like, you know what? We're just going to throw it the rest of the way. Uh, So it only ended up with 8.9 fantasy points for Aaron Jones. He just didn't get many opportunities. I believe he only had six carries. So he'll get, he'll get more. He'll get there his eventually, but Washington, Washington secondary was banged up and Packers decided to attack there. Yeah, I mean, the Packers only ran for 57 yards as a team, and you take out Aaron Jones and Equ- or Aaron Rodgers and Equinemia St. Brown, uh, the running backs only had about 27 yards rushing. So just really nothing there. Certainly was not a, a case of Dylan, you know, eating into Jones's work or anything. Just just exactly. nothing there in the rushing game. So Yeah, I believe Rodgers had about 17 rush yards of his own. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was, that was about as good as the rest of the running game. <laughs> yep, exactly. It's always hilarious to me when people uh, talk about Aaron Rodgers' ability to run as if they've f- forgotten it exists. Every <laughs> single year, everybody seems so amazed that he still has it. But he had a he had a fantastic scramble to the right, and all uh, where he had to completely stretch and throw the opposite direction to his left, and that was for the uh, Devontae Adams touchdown. And had a great another great run that was like 15 yards straight up the middle. So looks like looked like uh, Pat Mahomes out there. 
Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, sounds like it was, uh, you know, you're pretty, you're more familiar with this Green Bay Packers offense. Sounds like it was pretty much business as usual, but they'll, they'll have higher performing games here. Um, what do you think about this Washington football team uh, after watching them, whether it's their offense or defense? What were your big takeaways on this team? Um, Heineke picked it up a bit. I mean, uh, if I, I was take a, I could take a quick glance at his totals lately, but if he had a 20 point fantasy game, but before that he had two single digit fantasy weeks in a row. But before yeah. that he was having, th- he had three weeks in a row where he was uh, 20 plus fantasy points again. So it's been a mixed bag for Heineke, especially in the fantasy world. Uh, but he's starting to pull it together in at least certain games and he's keeping Washington competitive. So it seems like this is his team, at least until or unless uh, Fitzmagic comes back. Uh, yeah. He he moved well in the first half um, or really moved well for the majority of the game. Uh, but he made some questionable throwing decisions. And I think that's pretty much always going to be one of the more uh, difficult parts of Heineke's game. Uh, mm-hmm. He tried to force the ball to Terry uh, um, Terry McLaurin with about 12 minutes left in the first half, and it was just ugly. It didn't need to happen. Almost, almost another interception. He had one, I believe, today, but he he could have easily had more. Uh, but where he really did shine was in the running game. Uh, yet he broke off like a huge 38 yard run in the second quarter. Uh, but, uh, but I, I say he's, he shined in the running game, but he completely messed up a rushing touchdown in the, in the third quarter. So that's where his, just his, his questionable decisions come into play. He was mm-hmm. wide open. He could have just leaned forward and gotten the touchdown with, with a reach, but he instead pulled himself up. And was and put himself stopped himself just short, which is terrible, terrible, terrible decision making. I mean, it makes him look like a rookie when he's yeah. he's been in the league for four years now. Shouldn't be making mistakes like that. Yeah, and then I think they got stuffed on a QB sneak the next play on fourth down, I yep. believe. So, um, so yeah. Overall, you look at a stat line. I mean, there's some good there. I mean, ten carries for 95 yards. We love that for fantasy purposes. Uh, mm-hmm. but he sacked four times, threw a pick. Um, looks like he had two fumbles, but lost one. So yeah, it kind of sounds like he was just very up and down, uh, you know, kind of one step forward, two steps back. Exactly. Uh, and the INC in the fourth quarter was uh, pretty ugly too. I mean, he threw it uh, behind the receiver in the end zone, trying to go for some somewhat of a back shoulder fade, but it was poorly timed. Okay. Well, otherwise, uh, he makes Terry McLaurin managers happy. Uh, 12 targets. Oh, yeah. Seven receptions, 122 yards and a touchdown. Uh, what do you see about McLaurin? Does he still look like a, you know, kind of wide receiver one just being held back by his, his quarterback play? I mean, maybe. But sometimes it's not always the worst thing. You know, you can have some sort of uh, situation where if if there's a only feasible receiving option on a team, you can have some sort of Megatron situation, right? Where he's just getting relentlessly fed the football. And that's essentially what happened today. Uh, I, I think he he had an impressive fantasy stat line on like the first drive of the game. I think he had like three catches and 58 yards and a touchdown on the very first drive of the game. Um and he could have he could have blown up surprisingly he could have blown up even more today i mean he had another target that was just outside the end zone in the second quarter uh and uh, once again it was overthrown by heineke uh that i think that i believe that was a play that was uh, almost picked off um i mean he was i believe the only wide out um for the washington football team 
with a target in the first half, which is pretty wow. interesting. I believe actually no, even including tight ends, no tight end even had one target in the first half. So he's the, he's the guy on this team. So whether you uh, like Heineke or hate him or think that he's holding him back or not, uh, scary Terry put up a lot of points today, 25 and a half uh, fantasy, I believe. Yeah, and then you, I mean, you look at the other receivers targeted for the game, Adam Humphreys, uh, Dax Milne, uh, I don't know if I said that name right, DeAndre Carter. <laughs> so these receivers are not real great here. It's basically turned into McLaurin, and then uh, I guess Ricky Seals-Jones, he's he's a pretty decent part of this offense now, right? Yeah, uh, Seals-Jones looks to be uh, uh, taken over for Logan Thomas pretty well. 11.1 fantasy points is nothing to scoff at. Um, uh, he was a little quiet, though. I believe he didn't get a catch until the third quarter. Like I've mentioned before, I don't think any of the tight ends or anybody besides Scary Terry got even one target in the first half. Uh, but he had uh, another catch on the same drive. So once Heineke found him, he started looking his way. was surprised to see uh how much Humphreys was involved in the passing game though. He saw four targets in three receptions of his own. He's not going to be exactly fantasy relevant, but it is something to think about, especially if you're planning on starting seals Jones for the, you know, next couple of weeks, if Logan Thomas is going to need a couple more weeks because Humphreys getting four targets and three receptions is taking away a bit of work from seals Jones, which is something you should keep an eye on if you're planning on starting Ricky anytime soon yeah I mean, Humphreys he he'll play out of the slot a lot as a receiver but it's the same kind of work as Ricky Seals Jones for sure um and yeah he if you just look at the snap counts and everything too um he really was more of a factor in this one than he has recently so with all these injuries to receiver uh between Curtis Samuel and uh Deami Brown we're, we're seeing Adam Humphreys you know kind of by necessity get used more and yeah I, I do agree that's kind of the same range of the field that Ricky Seals Jones is going to see the ball. So he's uh he, he's not real explosive. So it's uh, not too different from a tight end. But um he was second most used on the team at receiver, 50 snaps. Terry McLaurin had 65, for example. Um ran a bunch of routes, four targets. So um that is a new name that's popping up in this passing game, but probably fantasy purposes, um, uh, lower ceiling option. So um oh, any other passing game uh notes here, or do you want to get into like these Washington uh, running backs here? Yeah, we can uh, get to the running backs. Nothing too much. Yeah, nothing else to mention. Okay. The receiving game. So um, Antonio Gibson did play in this one. Uh, he's been banged up with a shin injury. Did you think? Does he look like a running back that's you know playing injured and gotten it out and maybe a little limited, or did he look like you know the same Antonio Gibson we've seen? Yeah, I think he's. I think we've definitely have to worry about that hairline shin fracture. Um, when I was, I believe I wrote, I wrote the uh, sit start article for this game this week, and I believe I said something to the effect of, "You, if you have Gibson on your team, especially with the bipocalypse, there's a darn good reason. There's a darn good chance you're just gonna have to bite the bullet and start him and hope for the best." And uh, unfortunately, he just didn't pay off this week. I think it was something like seven point six fantasy points or something like that uh i think he had he had like seven carries in the first half seven carries in the second for a total of 10 of 14 which is not bad but the efficiency just isn't there i mean he's getting about 3.6 yards per carry or something like that it's just not much to work with here and again it's mostly mckissick in the passing game although they uh mostly split targets this uh today if i'm not mistaken 
uh, or McKissick did have uh, a bit more actually than Gibson. So yeah, Gibson only saw two targets in the receiving game. So there really just isn't too much PPR upside there either. I mean, yeah, I'm worried. I'm worried about him. I, I have Gibson as a keeper in one of my keeper leagues and uh, I'm starting to really regret that decision. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So JD McKissick sees 45 snaps, Gibson 31. Uh, they occur, the, the discouraging part though, like you said, uh, Gibson only ran 11 routes, McKissick ran 35. So he just wasn't a big part of the passing game. I mean, 14 carries, you know, he got a ton of work on the ground, but if this Washington team, doesn't have a good defense anymore and this offense is a bit of a mess it's going to be awfully hard for Gibson to blow up just on the rushing game work so we need him to get involved in the passing game and I just wonder if that's going to happen as long as he's banged up anyway so um did McKissick I mean did he look good in the passing game did he look like he held off you know Gibson getting an increase in usage there for another week um yeah I mean he, he wasn't anything too crazy it wasn't anything like week six where he had eight receptions for 65 yards it was yeah. a bit more tame this week it was only four reception for about 30 uh, some yards I believe so I mean it's still there the passing game is still there I just don't know if it was in the cards for the game plan maybe this week um I wouldn't be too worried about that uh McKissick seems like he's getting plenty of work in the passing game I, yeah I don't think that's going away anytime soon and like you said uh with the way uh, Gibson's uh, shin fracture, I believe it is, the way that seems to be going, I, I, I think McKissick is here to stay. Unfortunately, he's there. The two of these guys are just going to probably be working in tandem for the rest of the year. Yep, Washington drops to two and five, so they need to they need to win a couple games here. The season could get away from them. So, any final thoughts here before we uh, move on to the next game? Um, yeah, uh, Chase Young looks really good. <laughs> Yeah, so that's that's not the problem with this Washington defense, huh? Yeah, Chase Young is not the problem. <laughs> that that guy is uh, he's he's a scary man. <laughs> he's really good. Yeah, it's a uh, probably glad you got your quarterback out of that one. And move on to the next <laughs> yeah. One, so. All right, sounds good. Well, um, I will move on. Uh, I watched a lot, obviously, of the Bengals game again this week, and it was one of the more noteworthy ones. Uh, Bengals win forty-one to seventeen. In Baltimore, a huge win for the franchise really uh, puts them atop the division. I mean, it puts them, you know, close to the top of the AFC right now. So somehow the Bengals, uh, playoff contender, uh, even uh, most optimistic Bengals fans didn't think it was going to happen this quickly. But um, like I mentioned up top in the winner's section, Jamar Chase just really took this game over. He had a slow start, um, but he was catching everything. I mean, they're throwing back shoulder throws to him, crossers. Um, and this was with Marlon Humphrey on him, uh, Ravens' best corner. So it, I just I thought this was a big test for Jamar Chase here. He really passed it at, uh, you know, the other team's best on him. And he's still, you know, he was breaking tackles. He spun out of a, a tackle for an 82-yard touchdown to put the Bengals up 10. And just, you know, eight catches, 201 yards and a touchdown. He, he's a monster. So not much to say about Chase other than he, he's the real deal. Uh, T. Higgins, though, he le- actually led the team with 15 targets here. And he's almost taken like Tyler Boyd's role to some extent. Uh, he's getting a lot of these short catches and kind of possession receiver type stuff, uh, more outside than inside the numbers like Boyd would. But, uh, you know, it's encouraging Higgins gets 15 targets, but there wasn't a lot of separation. There wasn't a lot of like run after catch opportunity. It was just kind of short catches and he got tackled. So uh, there were a few plays where Higgins and Burrow looked like their timing was a little bit off, uh, just kind of some misconnections. Uh, but, you know, overall, it's really encouraging to see this usage for T. Higgins. He goes seven for 62. Not the most exciting fantasy day, but 
you know, you'll, you'll take it. And I do think there are better days ahead as Higgins kind of gets into the flow after missing some games with injury. But again, Tyler Boyd is squeezed out. He actually saw seven targets, not bad, uh, but they did throw the ball 38 times. Um, so it just gave him a lot of opportunity, but four for 39 in the air. Boyd just kind of caught a couple where he was kind of left open over the middle, but um, he wasn't a huge part of this offense. So it, it's Chase is, is the it, one, is it, Higgins is the two. Is it time to hit the panic button on Boyd, you think? I do think so. It's it's odd. I mean, I watched with a few of my friends today, and we like Boyd, and we don't really understand why they're using him the way they are. He's just not being featured over the middle of the field. And I do – this offense, despite putting up 41 points, like the passing game, a lot of it was just kind of Jamar Chase making plays. And I do think they should be getting the ball to Boyd more consistently over the middle, but it's not happening, and it's been a few weeks in a row. So, yeah, I am panicking on Boyd. It's not his fault. They just the, – the game plan seems to be chasing Higgins outside more so than, than Boyd over the middle at this point. So, but, yeah, otherwise I shouldn't complain too much because they put up a ton of points. So, um, the offensive line was, you know, even though – Burrow was only sacked once. They, he did take some shots in the first half, but Burrow throws for 416 and three touchdowns. Um, looked great. Again, Jamar Chase did a lot of the work here, but uh, Burrow threw one really bad interception in the red zone. He's had a few of those this year where he's trying to force something and throws a bad pick, but otherwise you can't can't complain about 416 yards passing. I believe that was tops in the league, and he was among the top of the fantasy quarterbacks this week. So off, uh, the, the, the passing game looked great, and then the rushing game was just really – uh, it was really bottled up until the very end, and the Bengals kind of just put the finishing touch on the Ravens, broke free. Uh, Joe Mixon and Samaj P. Ryan had long touchdown runs. Uh, don't see this box score and worry that Samaj P. Ryan is eating into Mixon's work. It was just a blowout, and he got some work late, and he sprung a long touchdown. So overall, um, Mixon was not involved in the passing game, but he did look good on the ground. So uh, overall, encouraging for these running backs. Um, and then, you know, C.J. Uzoma, he – keeps making big plays and uh you know for a tight end streamer he's he's not the worst option in the world but only three targets so the 91 yards and two touchdowns is uh awfully efficient here so um ryan do you have any uh questions on this this passing game from cincinnati or the running game or any of this offense yeah um so you said you said you would not uh worry too much about mixon's production today I'm seeing only 12 carries and 59 yards. And yeah, like you said, nothing at nothing in the receiving game makes me a bit nervous. Yeah. I mean, I can understand that for sure. Um, the Baltimore defense is still a good defense and they look good against the run. The Bengals line was just not getting much push. So, I mean, Mixon sees 30 snaps to Pirine's 30. Um, that's, that's worrisome. But again, th- this turned out to be a blowout towards the end. And I think that's why Pirine saw more of this work. So, no, I mean, I'd be more discouraged about the lack of passing game work than anything, but Mixon looked healthy. He looked good. Um, he had some nice runs late and got the touchdown for you. So I just think this was more of a tough opponent for Mixon. And it, overall, you should be happy. You know, you got a touchdown here. So I'd love, love to see him throw the ball more, though. That that would be my biggest complaint. And it's it's Uzoma, right? Am I saying that yeah. right? Yeah, I always feel like I'm saying that wrong. So is Uzoma worth some speculation now in waiver wires? I mean, he is available in plenty of leagues, and that's now two games in the last four weeks of 24-plus fantasy points. That's insane for a tight end. And people yeah. would have to at least at least think about it, you'd think, right? Yeah, I mean, he had 52 snaps, which is like as many as Jamar Chase saw. So he's on the field a ton. Um, he ran 27 routes. That's like the most after the big three receivers. So he's out there a lot. Um, the three targets, like I said, isn't great, but 
Um, he caught a deep pass on a play action for a long touchdown, uh, 55 yarder. And we've seen Burrow do that a few times this year. I don't know if it's an audible or if it's just a play that they like to go to, but um, they've got this play action deep ball to the tight end that really seems to be working for him. So otherwise, I mean, he's involved in the red zone. He's, he's a threat every week. So I do think he's generally going to be big play dependent, but he's seen a lot of work and he's out there a lot. And if they're not going to throw to the running backs, um, he's kind of the fourth option after the receivers. So yeah, he's, he's a low end streamer for me. I still think there are some better, like more consistent options out there. Yeah. Still only rostered in less than 10% of leagues. Yeah. And that probably should be higher for sure. So uh, this passing game looks good. So I wouldn't mind rostering them. If you've got a tight end, you've just, you know, kind of hit rock bottom with uh, move on and try, you know, ride the hot hand here. He, he is a good player and uh, he's on the field a lot. So yeah. Uh, What's happening over with the uh, Baltimore backfield? Is it still a, uh, is it still a mess? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's an absolute mess. Latavius Murray was out with an injury. Uh, so Devonte Freeman, 29 snaps, Le'Veon Bell, 22, Tyson Williams, 20, um, this Bengals defense, I mean, honestly, uh, we were most impressed by this Bengals defense. They looked really good in this game. Um, they limited the Ravens on the ground quite a bit. Uh, they, they ran for 115 yards as a team, but that was Lamar 88 of it, just making plays in the passing game. So none of these running backs really did anything on the ground. Devonte Freeman gets the touchdown. Um, I, I think he probably looked like the best back, but there just, there was really no room for them to run. So the Bengals did a really good job limiting them. Um, just shut down the entire running game. So I would be avoiding, I think, this whole situation at this point. I liked Latavius Murray the most, but uh, now that he's been hurt, um, I think he's got to shuffle in with all these running backs. I, I wouldn't be starting any of them. But do you feel any differently about this Ravens backfield? No, yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, Murray is, I would go as far as to say droppable in certain formats. I mean, if you need to. I mean, I, I know I did in one or two leagues this past week. <laughs> Yeah, I did too. I, I had Tyson early on in the year, uh, dropped him for Latavius Murray. And uh, this morning, actually, I dropped Murray and I, I didn't even chase anyone in this backfield. So I think you can avoid it for the most part. Um, it's, you know, it was the Lamar Jackson show, really. He, he still looked good despite this, you know, 41 to 17 defeat. Uh, he was sacked five times. A lot of them, though, were like short losses. I mean, just a yard or two. Um, he he was running all over the place, 88 yards on 12 carries. He looked good. He kept drives alive. So Spreading um, the ball around well, too, it seems like. Yeah, yeah, he was. And, I again, I think the Bengals' defense just played really well. But he had a beautiful pass and catch for a touchdown to Marquise Brown. Uh, Marquise only had five catches on 14 targets, which – I was actually kind of surprised to see after the game. I wouldn't have guessed mm -hmm. he had that many targets, but yeah, uh, yeah. But uh, it was still it was a beautiful touchdown that he had to Brown. Um, they're starting to factor in Rashad Bateman. He was second among the receivers and snaps and routes run, uh, third behind Hollywood Brown and Mark Andrews and targets. So Bateman gets three for eighty on six targets. Uh, he's starting to increase his usage. I think he's worth a spot on your bench, and hopefully the rookie takes another step. Um, but otherwise, you know, I. I don't think there's really any big takeaways. They just kind of got run over by a division opponent here in Baltimore, but you're still starting Lamar. You're still starting Hollywood. Um, Mark Andrews still saw his seven targets. So um, overall it was, it just really came down to like the Ravens were five of 16 on third down and one and four on fourth down. Uh, the Bengals made stops when they needed to got them off the field and just kind of had a couple of huge plays in the second half. that just really stole the momentum. So I, I wouldn't be too worried about the Ravens here. And uh, there are going to be better days ahead. Lamar, I mean, again, he, he looked great on the ground. So overall, they'll have better days here. But um, do you have any questions about their passing game here? Uh, anything to be worried about with uh, the Mark Andrews fumble? 
it looks like he recovered it, but uh... no, he was he was good overall. Um, no, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be worried about Mark Andrews here. I mean, three for forty eight from a tight end. That's if that's a down week. That's that's not a bad week. So yeah, I'll take um, it. Yeah, they just it was just one of those days where nothing went right. And after they blew out the Chargers so bad last week, this was kind of like the opposite performance from them. So I would expect them to even even out a bit here going forward. Yeah. Yeah. But otherwise, um, yeah, just not a lot of takeaways. They're just, you know, Devin Duvernay and Josh Oliver catching passes. They they need to focus on Brown and Bateman and Andrews. That's those are the most talented players on this team. And I do think the running backs are concerned. There's just not much talent there. And uh they it would be nice if they had a little more running game going. So uh Bengals just got up on them and took a tomb early, but um they'll have better days. So um, yeah, otherwise, um, great win if you're a Bengals fan. Uh, we'll see how they uh, they play the Jets next week, so hopefully we don't get a letdown here. But uh, I would expect that's another uh, high-scoring game for the Bengals' offense. So uh, that takes, yeah, that's That Jets team, man. I feel bad for Jets fans. Uh, mm-hmm. So, yeah, Ryan, that'll take you to your next game. Uh, the poor Detroit Lions are still winless on the year. Uh, put up a heck of a fight, though. Um, Lions 19, Rams 28 in Los Angeles. So they gave the Rams a run for money here, right? Uh, yeah again it, it seems like I, we keep saying this we've been saying this for seven weeks in a row now right yeah yeah <laughs> they 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 put up a good fight it's not like they got got the game handed to them i mean yeah they they were in this uh game and they just couldn't get it done once again they did it and it's not for lack of trying they had two fake punts one of them was a throw one of them was a, a direct snap for a run they had an onside kick uh, after their opening drive touchdown, which you do not see too often these days, and mm-hmm. was actually successful. So, I mean, they they came out swinging, but they once again just couldn't get it done. Partially, possibly, partially thanks to Goff and his continued struggles. Yeah. So, what are your impressions on Goff? Is it uh, getting worse? I mean, you know, is this like getting worse and worse, or is he? <laughs> Uh, kind of just need to be more consistent. Um, any hope here for Goff and this Lions passing game? I mean, I think I think the only thing about Goff that's consistent is his inconsistency. <laughs> and I mean, it's just a mixed bag as per usual. I don't know if it's getting any worse, but I guess that's kind of the problem, right? It's yeah. just stagnating. It's just the same. Uh, I mean, he he'll, he he will make a couple clutch, uh, you know, first downs and on like really tough third down situations and then he'll have i mean just a terrible bad throw to swift like he did at the end of the third quarter where he just threw right behind him and if he were on target it could have been it would have been a touchdown i mean he had him open wide open today and just completely missed him so it's just more bad 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 decisions just silly mistakes just when you thought he was going to turn the game around, the, the Lions drove pretty much all the way down the field. And this was towards the end when they're still in the game. They only need one touchdown. And uh, he just throws an in, he throws an interception as soon as they get into the red zone. So it's just a lot more of the same from Goff, unfortunately. I believe he only had up something like 11 fantasy points today. Yep, 268 yards, a touchdown, two picks, two sacks. So, yeah, typical Goff, it looks like, unfortunately, here. Um, yep. Should we be interested in Cleef Raymond at all? Uh, eight targets, 115 yards, six catches. Uh, the, the usage bears it out. I mean, he led the receivers in snaps and routes run. Uh, is there anything to chase here with Raymond? Did he look like an impressive player? 
Yeah, I was actually pretty impressed with. I mean, he had seventeen point six fantasy uh, fantasy points. Uh, I mean, he seemed to be like the most reliable receiver in Detroit, and that's what they've been missing. Uh, But again, they have some injuries. Uh, I mean, I believe they're they're missing Cephas and uh, one or two other people, I believe. So, I mean, this is this could just be a situation where you know the next man up is is finally stepping up. Whether he keeps that spot, uh, especially when people come back and are more healthy, remains to be seen. But they, I mean, they do need someone who's, uh, you know, uh, a go-to guy that you can rely on, you can lean on. And he seems like he was that guy. I mean, he was looking like the most reliable receiver on this team for sure. Okay. And it's two straight weeks with six catches. He had a six catch game earlier in the season. Uh, He did have a zero catch game and that's kind of, I mentioned with Amon Ross St. Brown earlier, uh, you know, Amon Ross St. Brown had had a nice consistent streak and played just as many snaps as usual and got nothing this week. So I guess it's probably, we just, maybe we're just not sure if we can count on any of those receivers. It's, it's still funneling through the running backs and uh, Hawkinson, right? Yeah. um, Hawkinson has didn't do too crazy today. I mean, he didn't exactly blow up. Uh, they, he does, he has a bit of an injury that he's been, uh, fighting against himself, but I don't think it, uh, I mean, he still saw nine targets, so I don't think they're, uh, holding him back really. Uh, so the nine targets are encouraging, uh, but he only had one catch in the first half. So it took a little while for them to start cooking with Hawk today. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, he's out on the field a ton, so that's not the issue here. It's just, you know, the connection with, with golf. Um, and again, exactly. it's a tough matchup against the Rams. So, um, I don't know, uh, any other takeaways from the passing game? We want to get over to these running backs. Um, passing game, uh, cup was insane. Uh, yeah. Higby 9.6 fantasy points, uh, really just a bunch of small clutch catches. You're just going to be typical tight end. He's, you're going to be, uh, hoping for touchdowns. Van Jefferson is interesting. He's kind of looking like the, uh, second most reliable wide out, uh, for the Rams. Um, I mean, he's uh, obviously we've know we've, we know that Woods has been struggling. Woods got 15 fantasy points today, but it took a while for him to see a target as well. Uh, he didn't see a target or slash catch until there's about five minutes left in the first half. So, uh, but he had four catches. Immediate, he had three more catches immediately after that. So he had four catches in one drive just before the half. So really, I think it, you might be seeing a bit of a fight between Van Jefferson and Woods for uh, for the target share here. Van Jefferson's looking good, but he's still going to be pretty boomer bust. But he's looking like the wide receiver too at times. He's get, He's got more targets than Woods. And uh, <clears throat> his touchdown in the second quarter was... Uh, pretty much just a jump ball that Stafford threw up for him, which means, you know, and he had great elevation, caught it at the peak. So you can tell Stafford trusts him as well. So we got to keep an eye on that. Yeah. So yeah. So four for 43 and a touchdown from Van Jefferson on seven targets. You can see that they ran a ton of three wide receiver because uh, Mm -hmm. Robert Woods played 63 snaps. Cooper cup played 63 and Van Jefferson played 61. So he was on the field a ton. Uh, Deshaun Jackson only sees four snaps. So uh, he's really become the, the, the number three receiver here. And again, uh, you know, his seven targets was only behind cup and Higby. So I, yeah, I do think Van Jefferson, I've had my eye on him for a while. I think it's probably time to pick him up. If you have a spot. Um, I don't know. We may still be waiting for an injury here in this passing game uh, to Copper woods for him to really blow up. But I, I do think we can, we can probably roll them out there during bye weeks in the flex, right? 
Oh yeah, definitely. He could uh Van Jefferson could be uh definitely feasible this week. I I in one of my Bipocalypse uh leagues, I picked him up off of waivers just this morning and threw him in. I'm yeah. glad I did because he got that <laughs> touchdown. So yeah, he, he could definitely be a solid flex candidate uh, going forward here. Except it, the problem is that he seems to be a bit uh, boom or bust. I mean, his booms aren't going to be enormous, but his yeah. his floor is quite low. He's already had multiple uh, single-digit fantasy point performances, including two weeks of less than three points. So okay. you're going to have to take the, ride the highs with the lows if you want to invest in Van Jefferson, I think. Okay. Any, any big takeaways from Stafford here against his former team? He looked pretty much the same as he's looked all year. Yeah. Stafford just looked the same as he has all year. He just dialed in fantastic. Uh, I think he had his 300th career touchdown pass today. Um, he's, he looked like he was a man on a mission trying to, you know, go out and prove uh, he can, he's, he was, there's a reason he was traded and <laughs> he looks been, he's, his team's looking a heck of a lot better than his old one. I think he wanted to come out and make a statement. <laughs> For sure. And then a running back, um, you know, Daryl Henderson dominated the snaps again here. I know the stat line wasn't real impressive. Uh, You're probably a little bit disappointed if you're a fantasy manager of Daryl Henderson, but uh, do you think he looked good? Do you think this was just kind of like the passing game was so good that there wasn't much left over? Yeah, exactly. I mean, he's still the guy. Yeah, I mean, Sony Michelle only had two carries. Yeah, to Henderson's fifteen, the efficiency just wasn't incredibly impressive. The, it was about uh, three yards per carry, but he'll get his eventually. Exactly, they just didn't really need to use him as much. Uh, he also, I mean, if he had a target in the end zone, uh, that he just it was like a one-on-one situation, kind of a back shoulder sort of dime fantastic throw honestly from stafford mm-hmm. um and he was, was just couldn't come down with it so you know if he comes down with that touchdown then we're not even really having this conversation anymore so yeah. i think it'll be all right yeah six targets is super encouraging um and i mean his usage is elite here i mean it, like i said 57 snaps sony michelle eight so i'm actually trying to work a trade for him in another league I, he feels like one of the only like RB one types that maybe somebody would be willing to part with, you know, nobody's going to trade you Derrick Henry or anyone like this at this point. But I do think Daryl Henderson might be a little bit of a buy low. He's, he's just, he's on the field a ton. He's going to have some good weeks as long as he's healthy. Agreed. Yeah. And uh, on, the other, on the other side of the, uh, you have uh, Deandre Swift who just absolutely went off today with uh, 28.4 fantasy points. Mm-hmm. Um, I, he had a great catch and run on the first drive of the game for the lions uh broke off another impressive run to start the half uh he had i I think he had over 100 all-purpose yards in the first half alone so career high in receiving yards just an absolute monster day for swift he's going to be continuing to be a fantastic asset as well yep 10 targets. Um, he, he's clearly surpassed Jamal Williams. They're, they're mainly using Jamal Williams as a runner now. He's still pretty good at it. 12 carries for 57, but uh, he's not getting the passing game work. So um, that's what we want from Swift here is that, that passing game work because they're going to be losing yeah, Jamal, a lot. Yeah, and Jamal seems to be uh, a bit more of like a th- situational uh, back as well. I mean, they're mostly using him for like the, you know, those short yard bruiser plays where they need to get that first down. All right. Um, Any last thoughts before we move on to my uh, second game here? No, let's move on. All right. This will be a quicker one. Um, I watched the Texans and Cardinals. Uh, Cardinals won at home 31 to five, but 
we did want to make sure we looked at uh, Zach Ertz's first game here and maybe just take another look at the Texans because it's been a little while. So um, I watched, uh, I admittedly, you know, as this game turned into a blowout, may have strayed away a little bit, but I uh, definitely caught while the game was still in balance here. And as far <laughs> as the Texans go, um, it, you know, Mark Ingram, Philip Lindsay, and David Johnson were all on the field early, like the first drive or two. So um, they are kind of shuffling through these running backs still, although it's it's mainly uh, Mark Ingram and David Johnson trading off. Uh, it's not a backfield we want to target here, but, uh, you know, David Johnson is the passing game back. So I think he's probably got a little more value here than the other uh, options do in the running game. But this team's not not good. They put up five points, two of that on the safety. So um, overall, this offense, like they just they don't have enough firepower to overcome offensive penalties. And they had a lot of penalties early on. Uh, just lots of running and short passes and just nothing real dynamic from this passing game. They they tried to get Brandon Cooks finally involved in the second quarter with the screen pass, didn't go anywhere. Uh, you know, they they started moving the ball, and Mil- David, David Mills was strip-sacked. It's just it, – it's kind of just a low-ceiling offense that also makes too many mistakes. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Th- th- there's really not a lot to be encouraged at here. Um, Tyrod Taylor is beginning to work his way back. We got news today. And he may be back next week. It may take him another week, though. Uh, but Ooh, that would be helpful for this offense because uh, we did see Brandon Cooks put up some good numbers with Tyrod Taylor at quarterback. So yeah, I think that, that is makes, the, the that silver lining happy. here. That makes me happy with Brandon Cooks on a, at least three fantasy teams this year. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Because uh, he, I mean, he's still getting the volume. Uh, it's just, it's it's just not a good situation. I mean, he led the team with mm-hmm. seven targets, but. There's just nothing there. Five catches for 21 yards. That's exactly what it looked like watching yeah, that's, them. So oof, that's brutal. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. I mean, I, again, there's not not many plays we're targeting in this offense. Do you have any questions on this Texans offense? Um, and just in general. Yeah. How, what questions can you ask about a team that only puts up five points? <laughs> yeah. Not was. much to say. I mean, Brandon, it looks, uh, looks, yeah, looks like David Johnson is the most valuable back on this team still. At least getting six targets is encouraging for the time being, I suppose. Yeah. And he had 30 snaps, Mark Ingram 21. Uh, if they were winning, I think you would see that number flip flop. But when they're playing from behind, it's going to be David yeah. Johnson. He didn't look good. I mean, he, you know, he gets some dump off passes short of the sticks and not really make a whole lot happen. There are a lot of check downs like on third and 13 where they just threw a five yard pass to a tight end or something. So they're just really not pushing the field, the ball down the field at all. So it's a pretty bad offense. I, I don't think there's much hope until we get Tyrod back. Um, yeah. So. David Johnson, he's uh, he'll be 30 years old in December. So, yeah, he's he's getting up there. Yeah, <laughs> the years are starting to show. Yeah. So, yeah, and then for the Cardinals, I mean, it's a really good offense. They're spreading the ball around a lot, which can be a little frustrating for fantasy purposes. Um, you know, early on, they Kyler had a designed run that was stuffed for a safety. Um, and that, so that was that was the, the two points for the Texans early on when they had the lead. And Kyler was kind of dinged up on it, uh, but he turned out to be fine. Um, but It took a pretty big hit at one point. Yeah, it kind of, he took a couple big hits and early on, that was kind of the story was just uh, Kyler taking some hits, um, some quick drives that didn't go anywhere, but uh, they they got it going on eventually. Um, Zach Ertz, first game with the new team, short turnaround here after the trade, uh, 35 snaps, um, his routes run easily led the the Cardinals at tight end. So he was their number one tight end from the start. Um, He was targeted uh, very early on. He converted a third and six in the second quarter. Uh, so I, 
Ertz is their their number one tight end, three catches, 66 yards, and a touchdown on five targets. So uh, they also gave him an end around that was almost a rushing TD. He got tackled just short, short of the goal line. So if you picked up Ertz, I mean, I, I don't know. This offense is going to spread it around. I don't know how dependable he's going to be every week, but they're scoring points, and I, I think you could do a lot worse than having a tight end on the Cardinals right now. Yeah, I did the uh, sit start write up for this game this week, and that essentially is what I said. It's just so many talented guys on such a talented offense that it's Mm going to feel like a dart throw for a lot of these guys from week to week. I mean, even like you mentioned before, Ertz and Kirk uh, tied for a second among uh, uh, pass catchers for in targets this week so we have just absolutely no idea what it's going to five targets is encouraging for his first week with uh, arizona but yeah there's just so much talent it's going to be tough to see who who can perform on a week-to-week basis yeah and i mean the cardinals they ran 37 times for 172 yards today i don't think every game they're going to be able to um run like this so that limited the volume a little bit here deandre hopkins nine targets leads the way seven for 53 and a touchdown um, Kyler missed him on a wide open, deep touchdown. Uh, he, he, he was wide open. It would have been, I think a 40 yarder, but he did score a one yard touchdown later that drive. So you kind of got the touchdown back, um, but you lost out on some yardage there, but overall, you know, Hopkins isn't getting that insane volume he got in the past and he's not getting much downfield, but he's pretty much a lock for a touchdown. They, they feature him in the red zone. Um, he's, he's a lock for five plus catches. So He's not like, you know, league winning wide receiver production right now, but he's rock solid. Uh, You should be happy if you have DeAndre Hopkins. And then um, the rest of this receiving core, I mean, I like it. I mean, A.J. Green wasn't heavily targeted. He only had three, uh, but he caught all three of them for 66 yards. Uh, There was a third and 24 where Kyler Murray just bombed it down the sideline to Green, found him open somehow in between the corner and the safety. A really nice play. So I still think Green's going to have some decent weeks. Um, Christian Kirk. Had a touchdown on kind of a scramble drill in the red zone where he got open. Um, he was relatively involved, four for 50. So I, I think all these receivers are pretty usable. R- Rondale Moore just doesn't see as many snaps as the rest of them. And uh, he's kind of more short target stuff. And uh, they've kind of been living off the downfield stuff. So I think Moore's kind of lowest of that group. Um, I actually just dropped him in a league. I, I just, I'm not sure. He's got too many mouths. To, uh, there's too many mouths to feed, and he's got to surpass a few of them to to be a difference maker. So I, I don't think the more breakouts coming real early or real soon anyway, I think we need an injury. So um, you have any questions on the, the Cardinals passing game? Um, I saw uh, Ertz got a carry. That's sort of a bit interesting. Yeah. Do you think there might be a bit more uh, rush game work in his future possibly? <laughs> I mean, that that was the end around that he almost scored a touchdown on. It was in the, in the red uh-huh. zone. Um, I don't know. I mean, there's kind of one of those teams they'll give it to everybody. So that he, he definitely seemed to be involved in the red zone. So that that's encouraging for sure. So um, what, otherwise, about the, uh, what about the rest of the backs? Yeah. So otherwise the running game in uh, Arizona, uh, Chase Edmonds actually kind of dominated the snaps here, 49 snaps to James Connors, 21. And Edmonds was running a lot of routes. I mean, he, for example, he ran just as many routes as Christian Kirk and he had 15 carries. So, you know, it was a, a very encouraging game for Edmonds, 15 for 81 on the ground. Um, he doesn't get you a touchdown. He only has one catch on three targets. So it's not going to be the greatest fantasy performance, but he seems to be over whatever shoulder injury he had. He was a clear lead back. He looks good. Um, James Conner looked good too, though. Um, 10 carries, 64 yards and a touchdown. Um, he's just not running many routes. So his ceiling's not real high. You're going to get you know, four to six points on his rushing yardage, and you're going to get a touchdown some weeks. Um, 
So that's kind of where he's capped. So Edmonds has the real ceiling here. We're just not seeing the touchdowns yet. And uh, But overall, though, this running game looked good. And, you know, hey, they had a big lead against a bad team, and they were able to run it, and that's what they did. So um, is, it they're, a, they're is it a pretty bad – this is a pretty bad vulture situation you think we have here with uh, I mean, James Conner because it seems like James Conner is uh, somewhat the guy once they've made it to the red zone. Yeah, he absolutely is. And I mean, it's pretty predictable at this point. So it's not like a big surprise when it happens. But yes, he is vulturing the touchdowns. That's going to keep happening. He does look good too, though. I mean, he doesn't look completely washed up or anything. So I think we've seen worse vulture situations before where the player's just not any good. But um, they're using both of these backs a lot, so I'd be encouraged for both of them. They're they're a big part of the offense overall. So, uh, yeah, I like this offense. They spread it around a lot. Um, Kyler looks great. He's running around making plays, and um, I actually think, you know, this was just kind of a lower performance just because the opponent, when they get in some shootouts, it's going to be uh, back to some of those performances we saw early on in the season for Kyler. So I would hold all your Cardinals. They, they all look good and uh, a chance for a touchdown every week pretty much. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, yeah, there was like I said, this game was pretty much over by the you know third quarter, so not a ton <laughs> to talk about here. So, um, just before we wrap this up, just a couple quick hits here. Um, you know, games we caught on red zone, caught parts of. But uh, Ryan, do you think it is time to panic if you are a Chiefs fan, or if you roster any of these Chiefs players, or is it just a long season and they're going to figure this out? Uh, not so, if you, it might be time to panic if you're a Chiefs fan. Maybe not so much if you roster Chiefs players because I mean the problem is their defense and the offense is going to have to keep is, the offense is going to continue finding themselves in shootouts this year because their defense isn't going to get fixed all automatically magically somehow in the middle of the season. So it uh, might not be too much to panic. I mean, yeah, of course they had a terrible day today, only three points. Uh, but uh, it might not be too much to panic for fantasy purposes. But if you're a fan of the Chiefs, yeah, I'd be I'd be a bit worried just because it's going to be tough to make a a solid postseason run with that defense. Yeah, and I mean, I think it is a concern. Uh, Mahomes was sacked four times against the Titans defense that is not very good. Um, got hurt, um, you know, the concussion took a big shot. So I do think they need to get this offense function a little better just so Mahomes doesn't have to try to be a superhero every play uh, that's the big thing that I see but um you know Tyreek Hill's been a little dinged up and you know once once I get him fully clicking I, I don't I wouldn't be too worried either um uh, this team could run off 10 straight wins and be just fine so uh, but at three and four it's it's, it's hard to believe so um Mahomes passed uh concussion protocol correct that's what they said. They said he cleared it on the sideline. It's I can't. Hard I, to that's that's hard to believe because he looked like he got his bell rung. Yeah, it, it looked like his offensive lineman basically like surrounded him to try to uh, distract from the fact that he was concussed. I mean, he was like wobbly on his feet. They were trying to hide Legit him, holding him up. Yeah, so I was shocked as well. Keep an eye on that, but they do claim he's fine. So, um, but yeah, otherwise, I mean, we actually saw Byron Pringle have five or seventy three, but I don't think I'd bet on that. So um yeah let's move on I, I i did notice i just wanted to bring up that the bears cannot protect justin fields he was getting destroyed against the buccaneers he was just taking shots every play um this offense the passing game at least just looks miserable and if you're holding out big hopes for Allen robinson or arnell mooney I, I don't think it's coming real soon they're not running like a justin fields offense it doesn't look like it's just kind of a normal offense and he's just taking shots and it's not very creative. So uh, I just wanted to throw that out there. I, we've had some talk. Is it Mooney? Is it Robinson? Is the wide receiver one there now? And 
I, I don't know if either of them are really going to be that exciting for your fantasy teams. Yeah, maybe the problem is that it's not a Justin Fields offense. You know, it's a it's yeah. a it's a Matt Nagy offense, and maybe <laughs> that he's just not running the right type of uh, looks that are that are really make it these guys click together. But I mean, it's yeah, I don't know. I really thought Justin Fields passed the eye test when the season first began. So I I, th- I don't think the I think the jury's still out on Fields. We'll see. I just yeah I just I think the the team he happens to find himself on is doing him no favors. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's and I'll put it as nicely as I can since Mike isn't here to defend his Bears. <laughs> I think he'd probably agree with you. Um, but it was just you know we kind of <laughs> hoped this was going to be the passing game week where they couldn't run the ball against Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay's giving up some points to fantasy receivers and. I mean, Mooney two for 39, Robinson two for 16. Uh, if you want to put uh, Robinson on your bench at this point, I don't I don't blame you because it's been bad. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's not going to cut it. No. All right. Well, I think that's pretty good. Other than that, we had some big-time blowouts. Uh, Sam Darnold got benched. They, they said they just were looking for a spark, and he'll be back out there next week. But that Panthers offense is really bottomed out. So, um, yeah, for everything that you missed, though, uh, please check out our What We Saw article at QBList.com. And, Ryan, I – Appreciate you joining me. Uh, you know what games you're writing up this week for sit start or have those been assigned yet? No idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll probably get a Packers the, game. The work there, begins Monday morning, so <laughs> I'll know in like 12 hours. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty wild. Uh, you get into the, the middle of the season. And it's just, man, as soon as one week ends, you're on to the next one. So, um, yeah, yeah exactly. we'll have our uh, we'll have our waiver wire article coming out as well we, that'll help you out uh, make some decisions and then look for us to start on thursday but yep thanks everyone for joining us and i uh, hope you all pull out some wins on uh, monday night on your panel.